Season 3, episode 3, and it might not have the same sound quality as normal because we're both not at home. Okay, good times, bad times. And like I said, we, we have no microphone. We're doing this old school. And I have a microphone. Oh, you have a microphone, but you're reading, but, but not right into the program. It's going, you're going on, onto the, through Skype, to a speaker, into the microphone of my iPad. So you might be a little tinny. I might be a little tinny. But here we go. You want to you wanna start off? Uh, sure, I'll start off. Um, so my good time, I feel like this is mostly a good time, I don't know how we'll see, but the, the first sentence in it is at least a good time. The NRA has filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, at the very least, it's a funny time. Yeah, exactly, right? Always happy when the National Rifle Association's in trouble. Uh, the announcement made on the NRA's website comes months after New York's Attorney General sued the organization over claims that top executives illegally diverted tens of millions of dollars for lavish personal trips, no-show contracts for associates, and other questionable expenditures. So for anyone who doesn't know, the NRA is, is currently based in New York. The coronavirus pandemic has also upended the NRA, which last year laid off dozens of employees, canceled its national convention, and scuttled fundraising. Still, the NRA claimed in announcing the move to Texas, it is going to try to reincorporate in Texas. I think in Texas right now it's currently an LLC, and it's going to incorporate. Um, anyway, so it claimed that the move to Texas um, is putting the uh, organization in its strongest financial condition in years. Wow, that seems weird. That seems like... If you were in your strongest financial condition in years, you wouldn't be filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, it, it does feel like a, uh, a conflict. But what else do you expect from an organization like the NRA? It doesn't surprise me. Uh, none, of that, none of that surprises me. Yeah, no. Except for they ran out of money. I thought there'd be almost an endless supply for, for well, them. Well, maybe one, maybe, you know, once upon a time, but not anymore. Hopefully... It, is the beginning of the end for them. We shall see. Speaking of bankruptcy, a long list of major corporations say they will cut donations to Republicans and challenge Biden's victory. The list combined had donated over $170 million to House Republicans since 2016. The people who they are cutting funding to include... The top two House Republicans, Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, and Senator Rick Scott, who is the incoming head of the National Republican Senatorial Committee and will head the efforts to win back the Senate in 2022. All of their jobs require extensive fundraising. The announcements come from Amazon.com, General Electric, 
Dow, AT&T, Comcast, Verizon Communications, American Express, Airbnb, Cisco Systems, Best Buy, and MasterCard, among others, who are threatened to th- uh, which threatens to throttle fundraising resources for Republicans who will soon be out of power in the White House and both chambers of Congress. AT&T and Comcast, for example, are among the biggest corporate donors in Washington. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. It's interesting. Yes, I bet you those companies donate to the Republicans and the Democrats, a lot of them. 100%. They definitely all donate to both. Yeah. Because they need to be in the good books of whoever's in power. Exactly. But um, I bet you certain ones donate more to one party over the other. They may. They may. I also, it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it things. Yeah, well, I, I sort of think, you know, I believe that it's happened. How long? Like, they'll probably start donating again in, what, two, three months? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It might set the Republicans a step backwards, but it's not going to, like, destroy them. Yeah, it might hurt those if they specifically... They're not doing it to those people specifically. Will they donate money, that money, to other Republicans? Will they just keep that money? Will it go to the Democrats? Like, what's going to happen with the money that isn't going to those specific Republicans? Because if it just goes to the other different Republicans, they'll just spread it around. Or if it goes to the Republican general coffers, they'll just spread it around. I don't think it'll go to the Republican general coffers. I think it's individual campaigns. I imagine they'd just keep it. Yeah. Or just, like, hold it till later when it's fashionable to start donating again. Probably, yeah. And I'd be like, here's all the back stuff. <laughs> here's what we all... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please don't hold it against us. <laughs> if you win again. But I don't know. I hope there's at least, you know, I hope it makes Republicans' lives at least just a little bit more difficult. Just a smidge. Well, especially I... those those that that are basically causing this whole issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then lastly, under good times, although this kind of gets negated by something in bad times, but starting in April, Canada should start receiving one million doses of vaccines a week. Yeah, that is good. Of course, it it could be a hundred million. It doesn't matter if you don't actually give them out. Yeah, the rollout is still a problem. But uh, apparently it is, you know, on an uptick in Ontario and Quebec. Like, it's getting slightly well, it better. It would have to be. It's hard to be much worse. <laughs> Plus, they just stopped giving it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, though. That's good. If you get a million a week, there's, uh, there's about 40 million of us, so 40 weeks we should be done. Yeah, a little less. As long as they... As long as they uh, can give a million people a week vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. I, I hope to see it happen. Yeah. I have a couple in good times. Airbnb is banning rioters and hate groups ahead of the inaugur- inauguration. Now, I, I'm sure that Airbnb's heart is in the right place, but uh, in, the, in the section that you're filling out on the Airbnb website that says purpose of your trip, I don't think the rioters are going to put, I'm coming to riot. Yeah. No, actually, you know what? After some of the, some of the things after, that they said after the last one, maybe they would. <laughs> maybe. 
that sort of under, I find that kind of undercutted by the fact that Airbnb was on the list of companies that were one of the major donors to the Republican Party over the past four years. Yeah, and I, I, was, I, was, I was wondering if they give to the, like the big broadcasting companies for sure give to both. I wonder if Airbnb does. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Next. I'm not sure if this is a good time or a bad time. It kind of falls into both. But leading up to the inauguration, Facebook has banned ads for gun accessories. Uh, I don't know. It's good that they're doing it, but should should you be getting gun accessory ads on your Facebook feed? If you're American. Is it necessary? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't. I, I have never seen a gun ad on my Facebook feed. Well, yeah, because. I don't think you can in Canada. Like, I think that goes against advertising laws. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and also, well, well, I think it goes against advertising laws. I could be wrong. But your Facebook ads target you, and you've probably never given them a reason. <laughs> to start selling me gun accessories. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, the, I mean, it's just not as much of a culture here. There probably are fewer ads. Yeah, that's true. You're probably seeing gun ads at bus stops in Texas, you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, bad times. Yeah, bad times indeed. I have, I have a few. I saw a story recently that said half of Canadian adults struggle with basic literary skills. That they would fail basic high school exit tests. Canada falls short of comparable countries with similar education standards. And the reason for this is because most jobs in the Canadian economy don't offer the opportunity to practice these skills, and it tends to be that if they're not practiced, they are quickly forgotten. Yeah, same as Excel. And any, anyway, anything, if you don't lose it, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. But like my French. Bonjour. Come on, Sorry? I said, like my French. Oh. <laughs> But I find it interesting, why, why does our economy not have those jobs when comparable economies obviously do? Yeah, that's, that's, that is a good question. What jobs, what jobs don't require literary skills? Like every job I've had, I've had to read something, write stuff. What jobs do you yeah. not need to do that for? I don't know. But the, the sort of examples it gave, it was talking about, um, like, you know, interpreting text and being able to write cohesively and incorrectly. Like, obviously, you know, everyone has their basic reading and writing. We are a very literate country. Uh, we have one of the highest basic literary aids in the, in the world when it comes to, like, just basic can you read and write. Oh, okay, um, so it's beyond that, it's actual... Uh... It goes into what is still considered basic skills, like interpretation and cohesive thought. Can you, like, portray? Like, exactly <laughs> what I'm not doing right now. The opposite of what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Good example. That's just an example of the problem. We were just showing everybody, right? Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I need to read more into that study to really, really take it to the test, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, it's just something that's interesting. Yeah. And and definitely not good, I would suppose. Like, I wouldn't call it, yeah, I wouldn't call it good. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The next one is something that I find of interest, and I put it in bad times, because again, it's not a good time, but I also don't super care. Huh. That five-time Olympic medalist 
Cleet Keller has been charged for taking part in the Capitol riots. What what sport did they medal in? Swimming. Ah, uh, never heard of them. Me neither. I don't. I, mean, I don't care. It's just neat. The Olympic medalist has been arrested. Yeah. And good. Good. I hope everyone who took part gets arrested. But uh, maybe that is a good time because he was arrested. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. All right. But anyway, this is the one I was talking about that negates a little bit the one million doses in April. Pfizer is temporarily reducing vaccine shipments to Canada because it's pausing some production lines at its facility in Pours, Belgium, in order to expand long-term manufacturing capacity. They claim that they will be able to catch up by March 1st. Yeah, that's not great. But to be honest, at the rate we're going, as long as you've caught up by March 1st, it's probably fine. Yeah, I hope so. I just think how many people are going to die that could have been vaccinated if we had just got the vaccine yeah. that much sooner? Yeah, potentially. The Pfizer's going, um, Pfizer's the one that's mostly going up north, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because it's just cold there anyway? Oh, no, sorry, then it's not Pfizer. It's the other one that's going up north. The one that, yeah, the one that doesn't require. So the Pfizer's the okay. Yeah, sorry, my my mistake. The Pfizer's the minus seventy one. Yes. That's the one that most people are getting. Okay. No, that's bad. Hopefully they uh, can catch up. Yeah. Well, but then the then the question becomes: Do we have them in time for people to get their second dose? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's I. It just feels to me that they're putting their potential for profits ahead of people's lives uh well uh, but okay so if they can not i mean you have to be able to mass produce them if this allows yeah. them a, a slight slowdown now to be able to mass produce it later like if they're going to have 10 times more production by the end of the year than they would have by not doing this they're saving lives yeah, in the long term. I guess it's hard. It's a hard call to make either way. I mean, if it's a, it must be a pretty significant production improvement, especially if they're going to catch up by March. And they're not able to get mine, they're delaying. You know, it sucks, but uh, I, I, to be honest, we still have, still have vaccines. It's not like we're sitting here out of vaccines uh, waiting for more to arrive. They're yeah, vaccinating so slowly that it doesn't matter. This is probably irrelevant to Canada. It might <laughs> it might affect places that actually have a plan for their vaccinations. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing, though, that I've seen that uh, I guess this is a good part is that uh, Canada's deputy chief public health officer said the other day that you could delay the second dose of Pfizer and Moderna for up to 42 days. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. There's basically yeah. a window, like 28 to 42 days. So I would just uh, fire off all the vaccines you have, get as many people the first shot, and, and let's go from there. Yeah, that's what's, that's looking to be what I think is probably the best best choice. But they got to get it going. It's been this is it's really not excusable. No, no. There's there's absolutely no excuse whatsoever. It, it's unacceptable that that it's been so long yeah we, we, we haven't got that many vaccines 
we should have already used them all. Absolutely. And Absolutely. waiting for that. And anyway, that's, that's what I have. More bad times. Uh, speaking of, we came to surpass 700,000 COVID cases this week. So we're still doing better than a few U.S. states, but it's getting up there. We're definitely yeah. going to hit a million. You think we, did you say we'll definitely hit a million? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to hit a million before everybody gets vaccinated. It's only 300 yeah. more thousand more cases, and they need to vaccinate 30 some odd million more people. <laughs> and the U.S., a U.S. Navy sonar may be causing whale breaching in the Pacific. What's whale breaching? Uh, like they're, they're ending up on shore or something. Like they're swimming up onto the shore. Oh, like beaching? Well, it said breaching. I think breaching is when they come to the surface, but something bad, like it's also causing them to end up on the shore somehow. I, I don't know. Either way, okay. wasn't this the article, wasn't this the plot of some movie or TV show or something? I don't know, was it? I think it was. Maybe it was an episode of NCIS or something. <laughs> I can't remember. But bizarre. There's a can. All right, all over the world. I was reading that the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has dropped President, President Donald Trump from the banner photo of his Twitter account. Does Trump know he doesn't have Twitter? He can't see these things. I know. That's why he can do it now. <laughs> that's insane. That's so funny. I wonder if they threatened to kick him out, too. Netanyahu? Yeah, because no Trump on Twitter. you got to get rid of him. <laughs> aren't they? They're meant to go into an election, aren't they? Oh, I don't know. They're always having an election. 23rd of March. Uh, in Uganda, they, they just had an election, and Yauri Museveni was declared the winner, uh, extending his 35-year rule. Now his rival has alleged has alleged fraud. Nah. I don't know if I don't know if they're all the time. I don't know if they're using the Dominion voting machines. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know what's going on there, but if they are, it might help Trump's case. That's true. <laughs> he should look into that. He should follow that up cuz I got to say 35 years sounds fishy. 35 years of electing the same person since. I mean, not even the most popular prime minister. Yeah, a little bit. So I, he little might bit have, I don't know if they're banning him for tweeting about fraud, but he might have a bit more of a leg to stand on than, uh, than our buddy here. <laughs> uh, according to Yahoo News, there's more claims that COVID came from a lab in the Wuhan area saying that uh, a couple of staff there were showing signs of COVID in August of 2019. They're saying it wasn't from the wet market. It was, uh, they were doing research in a lab and they had an accident. I don't know if there was any superheroes made, but maybe COVID came out of that. So I don't know. I would like, I would like a little bit more solid of a, claim than Yahoo News to start believing that. I would like to say uh, I would like to s we'll see if it still has a claim once the current regime is out of office in the US. Mm -hmm. Then it might take then I might 
have a bit more of a, of a belief. But it wouldn't completely shock me, but I'm not necessarily buying it as of yet. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah, I won't buy it coming from Trump. But if Biden says it, I might buy it. And protests against a national lockdown in Amsterdam. They were protesting at the De Hague. Thousands of people were out. Uh, basically, they don't have a lot of rules in Amsterdam, so when they have to start following some, they get a little bit antsy. <laughs> I don't like it. This just go to. I guess they can't. I guess they can't go to their uh, their dens of iniquity, so they they protest. So, so they protest. Yeah, I've got nothing else to do. Over to you. Yeah. So. Oh, this past summer, you might remember we had a story that Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny was poisoned in a Russian airport. He was treated in Berlin, and he's better now. So he went back to Russia and was immediately detained upon arrival. Shocking. That's so weird. I know, right? I mean, who would have ever predicted that? <laughs> uh, his wife and lawyers and spokespeople were allowed through, but he was arrested on some 2014 charges. Yeah, of uh, fraud or something? or Yeah, charges which he says had been exacerbated. Yeah, made and, up. I mean, I can buy that. I'd buy he that. He said Trump, what I read was trumped up charges. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that trumped up is a term. Yeah. Pre-2016, trumped up was a term. Been a term for a while, yeah. Meaning false. <laughs> <laughs> and it's <laughs> so fitting. Very. You could just change um, it to trumped. Trump the upped. Sorry, go Yeah, on. so, I mean, I'm, that's probably the last we've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, we may never see him again. Oh, well. <laughs> we told him, I think well, if he listened to our podcast, if he listened to our podcast, he would have known not to go back to Russia. We said don't go back. He must have known that he was going to get detained. He did it knowingly. Yeah, probably. Maybe he's hoping to martyr himself or something. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, moving southeast from Russia, hidden cameras in a Malaysian factory have shown, quote, horrendous working conditions in PPE factories that ship to Canada, including workers being forced to work in close quarters that caused a massive COVID outbreak that infected 6,000 people, but workers were still expected to show up the next day. This is a glove factory, mostly. Malaysia apparently provides about 70% of the world's rubber gloves. <laughs> and Do they use not- a lot on their own, too, or...? I don't know. This is not the first report of human rights violations in the making of PPE. North Korea is using forced labor to make medical gowns. We don't buy those, do we? Sorry? Canada doesn't buy anything from North Korea. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I I doubt it. But this is just another report of this kind of, you know, related. Yeah, that's not shocking. Um, And China is using forced labor from uh, Uyghur Muslims in their, in their northeastern, or sorry, northwesternmost province in concentration camps to make masks. Yeah, John Oliver did an episode on that, right? Not on masks specifically, but on the Uyghurs. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not and to, I think we're definitely buying those masks. Maybe. Uh, that we're, de- we're probably, well, you said we're buying the gloves. 
it doesn't surprise me. You know, people don't want to pay a dollar a glove for rubber gloves, so this is how it gets done for less than that. That doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't, but it's, it's what happens. I think it's just something that's easy to forget about because it's not happening here. It's a long way away, exactly. But we got to remember. I don't know what the answer is, but something's got to happen. It's the system. I mean, the system... This is, it's a result of, of capitalism. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't capitalism. say working conditions in That's China are great. China is, is communist. No, they're not. They claim to they be call communist. They call themselves communist, you, but you're not well, you communist can say, if you're authoritarian. You can say the same thing about capitalists. You could say this isn't exactly a, an exact capitalist society either, because it, you know what I mean? It's, it, nobody follows the rules exactly. Well, an exact capitalist society wouldn't have rules. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so they wouldn't um, care about this happening. Yeah. Cat or person? I don't know. I'm giving it a listen. Oh, well. I'll be right back. I gotta go check something. Okay. All of the snow slid off the one side of our roof and onto the spot is area between the two houses oh okay that was what that noise was so there's no nobody was standing there no cats were standing there no everything's fine it just oh. made a very loud noise okay good all right moving on where were we you were about to you did we just finished off uh malaysian rubber gloves ah yes well and moving to germany the christian democratic union which is the leading party in the current government coalition, so Angela's, Angela Merkel's center-right party, has chosen its new leader, Armin Laschet. That's, that's, this is, that's the party of the leader right now? Yes, it's Angela Merkel's party. So she's quitting? She hasn't been the leader of her party for a while now, but she has stayed on as chancellor until the end of her term. Oh, okay. So, she, yeah, she stepped down a while ago, and then they elected another woman to take her place, and she was leader for 11 months before quitting, because <laughs> she couldn't, the article I was reading said, exercise the control over her party. Right. So they've now elected a... So the problems with Skype, we've got Dylan back now, you were saying that she couldn't keep control of her party, and they have now elected... Yes, they've now elected a new leader in Armin Laschet, who is considered a continuation of the Angela Merkel branch of the Christian Democratic Union. He beat out a, a man who was much more right-wing by um, around 100 votes. I guess they don't believe in keeping their church and state separate over there. Europeans it's have a lot of Christian whatever parties. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They don't like keeping their church and state separate over there. They just roll them all into one. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, well, yes. Although I don't know how, it's not exactly a religious fanatic party, you know? No, but they're obviously governed in some way by the Bible. By Christian principles. Yeah. Yes, you're right. It's uh, It's something that seems almost crazy for we like we would consider it insane well uh canada i was gonna say north america but in canada it's not that much different than 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 here or well than the u.s it's just in the u.s they don't put it right in the name so it's not quite as obvious (laughs) 
Yeah. It's not called I mean, the Christian Republicans, but it could be. It, yeah, it very well could be. You know, it's called Christian Democratic because it it's not specific like to Germany. It's um, followed by an ideology called Christian Democracy, which is a combination of Catholic social teachings and democratic ideas. So it is... But I don't know how much that really still holds. It's a 75-year-old party. Right. And they just don't want to change their name. Yeah, well, I mean, they've, they've governed... They're, they're a well-known party. They probably don't want to go changing too much up. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Unless they need some support. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, we'll see. He'll supposedly become chancellor after this term's up if the CDU wins again. Or he quits like the other woman did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see if he makes it. Good luck. Yeah. And then lastly, I believe it was the last one, we talked about the latest Indonesian plane crash that killed 62 people. They've located the black boxes. They haven't retrieved them yet, so we don't know what caused the plane to crash. But they've located them and hope to retrieve them soon. Yeah, that's sad, but good. Then you'll exactly know what happened with, with the plane. Yeah, and they probably won't do anything to fix it. Oh, no. they. It, if it was the, exa- the same plane, something will happen. But, it, I mean, it could have been... It could have been pilot. I mean, you don't know until you, you see what happened with it. Yeah. Well, everything, every little thing, every little thing with you and me has to be so political. Everything, everything with you and me was so Political. This is our last political with Trump in power. Yeah, he's out on Wednesday. That's kind of exciting. It is. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Good. <laughs> good, good, good. So what do you got? All right. Well, I was reading, it made, it made headlines that Sheldon Aldison is dead. Now... I had no idea who that was, but it was on the political wire. So I figured politician must have been maybe a senator, maybe a congressman, maybe a retired senator, retired congressman, retired chief of staff of someone, someone, you know, in the political field. Yeah. So I, I opened up the article and it said billionaire Republican mega donor. And, and that's, uh, that's the big problem. It's why is that in the political news? Why can you give billions to a political party? Well, I don't. Sorry, you can't give billions to a political party. Well, I'm sure there's ways to not maybe not I at mean, once, but over yeah, his no, lifetime. Not at once over the years, I'm sure he gave at least a billion. But the fact that um, it's on I the political money and politics, especially in the U.S., are inseparable. Yeah, but it's gotta it's gotta not be like people like this guy. If he wants to donate to a political party, fine, but, you know, it just felt like the article read like he had political influence, and that's wrong. He, he did. It's wrong. He doesn't. He's never elected by anyone. He's just a rich he guy. Mean he doesn't have political influence. No, I know, but he's just a rich guy. It's not right. They have to fix that. Yes. Microphone I, I, I issues? Think they, they, I think, like, the under... Sorry? Microphone issues? I'm just trying to be comfortable and also be close to the microphone. Oh, ah, Okay. 
I mean, I think the underlying issue is the fact that money is so influential over politics, but uh, I don't have a problem with the news reporting on it so long as it is, so that we're always reminded that money is influential in politics and we need to do something about that. Yeah, we do. Moving on, Representative Pramila Jayapal, Jayapal said she tested positive for COVID-19 after sheltering in a secured room of the U.S. Capitol. Uh, they were they were sort of all jammed in one room there come riot time. So this this could be uh, this could be bad news. Yes, it could be. That spreads. It could be a lot of congressmen that that end up with COVID. And they're mostly not young people. It's true. They are not. <laughs> so be having a lot of by-elections. And I think since I put this down, I think a couple more have come out uh, positive as well. So there could oh, be a, an outbreak on Capitol Hill. Um, I hope not. Honestly, like, we can joke, but I really hope not. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing the U.S. needs. It, it is. A man from Virginia was arrested in Washington at a Washington D.C. checkpoint. Uh, he had 500 rounds of ammo with him and an unauthorized, as in quotes, an inauguration credentials. Did he just write, "I'm allowed to be here" on a piece of paper and hand that to them? <laughs> it might have been. It didn't exactly say what unauthorized meant, but <laughs> why? You know, you wonder. You wonder what tips the police off, like how their instincts are so attuned to what, what truck you, you actually have to go in and search and which ones you can just question the guy. But if you're trying to get into a, a spot like this, and what may have tipped the police off to check his F-150 was some of the bumper stickers. That was an F-150? It was an F-150, and there was some <laughs> bumper stickers on it. Two in particular... Two gun-related bumper stickers in particular. One said, Assault Life. Uh, I'm assuming probably with a picture of some sort of assault rifle. And another one said, If they come for your guns, give them your bullets first. Not give them your bullets first. Give them your bullets first. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe you should have taken the other car. Yeah. I am nervous for Wednesday. I'm nervous for his inauguration day. Yeah, because if there was somebody slightly smarter that tried to get through, they might have actually done it. Yeah, like, clearly people are trying, and and, and you got to think it's more than this one bozo. 500 rounds of ammunition. That feels it's like overkill. <laughs> now... Yeah. Oh, I'm nervous. You're nervous, and speaking of nerves, historians are nervous. Now... Oh. The public won't get to see Trump's White House records for years, but there is a growing concern that the collection won't be complete, leaving a hole in one of history's most tumultuous presidencies. That's a quote from some news article. I thought I liked it. (laughs) Anyway, Trump is apparently, he hasn't really, I don't know, maybe he didn't know, maybe he, he doesn't care, but they said he was very cavalier about the law requiring that records be preserved. Uh, He had the habit of ripping up documents and tossing them out, uh, forcing forcing the White House record keepers to uh, retrieve them from the garbage and spend hours taping them back together. (laughs) So... Oh, God. There might be a bit of a gap for these four years, and that might be okay. Jeez. Uh, Biden has unveiled his COVID plan. 
two things. One, it's nice to have a president that comes out and and you know has a plan and uh, articulates it well to the American people, and and uh, it's a good sign for the next four years. And second thing, maybe some premiers should have a look at this and say, "Hey, this is <laughs> this is a good idea. We should have a we should have a plan too." And finally, a, a week after the riots happened, Trump came out um, and he came out against them. It took a week. He had to weigh his options, but he did come out against them. <laughs> okay. That's it. Over to you. Like, who cares at this point? No. Speaking of Biden and Harris and Trump, politics. It was uh, released the other day that Kamala Harris will be sworn in as vice president by uh, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. The significance of this being that Harris will be the first woman of color to be vice president, and Sonia Sotomayor was the first woman of color to sit on the Supreme Court. Oh, cool. Yeah, appropriate, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that story. Speaking of plans, Biden plans to use his first 10 days in office to issue many sweeping executive orders to roll back some of Trump's worst policies, including rejoining the Paris Climate Accord and ending the Muslim ban. I thought the Muslim ban had ended. Nope. Huh. What about the so what about the I mean, what about the children and uh, children at the, at, at the, the border, border at the Mexican border? Is he doing that one too? wasn't specifically mentioned in the first 10 days maybe that's the first 100 days priority okay. i don't know all right but the the climate accord and the muslim ban are expected wednesday oh wow like he gets sworn in and then he issues these executive orders and so i think that biden is going to be perhaps matching trump for a president that used executive orders a lot in frequency but i tend to think that if they're for these good things i don't care these are things that need to be taken care of right now. And while, you know, it's maybe not very democratic, it's good. <laughs> well, I mean, and the executive orders can can be overturned too, right? Not all Trump's executive orders ended up going through. If it was I something think, that... Yeah, the, the Supreme Court can always overturn them, and then Congress can with the supermajorities. Yeah. Which, I mean, they, they won't get. But, you know, if it was something... Well, never mind. I was going to say if it's something super egregious, then they could, but apparently they still wouldn't if the four years have taught us anything. Yeah. But anyway, small groups of pro-Trump demonstrators, some of them armed, yeah, have been big gathering guns. outside state houses, including in Michigan, Ohio, and South Carolina. In Michigan, a supporter of U.S. President Donald Trump wore a red Make America Great Again hat while standing on the line with a don't tread on me flag and the back of his shirt read patriot not racist not terrorist yeah i saw some pictures they had big guns it's not like they're carrying around pistols they got some serious rifles yeah. and if you have to clarify that you're not a racist and you're not a terrorist you're probably a racist and a terrorist uh, in columbus ohio about two dozen people several carrying long guns gathered outside the Capitol as dozens of state troopers and National Guard members guarded multiple points around the state house, including every entrance, and nearly every business around the downtown Capitol Square was boarded up. 
these are scenes from a third world country in the midst of a revolution. Yeah, it's crazy. And they just seem like they're so normalized at this point. Like none of it's a surprise. Yeah. So that's insane. But on the good side of things, Trump has become the first president ever to be impeached a second time. Yeah. This that's this hard time, to do. That's hard to do. That takes yeah, effort. It is. That takes commitment. Yeah. This time, however, 10 Republicans joined Democrats to vote to impeach him. And they were Liz Cheney of Wyoming, which is surprising because when your dad's a noted war criminal who shot his best friend in the face while quail hunting, you'd think Trump would be fine. (laughs) But no, Liz Cheney had an issue with uh, that kind of thing. Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio, Jamie Herrera Butler of, uh, oh, and Dan Newhouse of Washington, John Katko of New York, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, Peter Mayher and Fred Upton of Michigan, Tom Rice of South Carolina, and David Valedo of California. And so they will not be losing their funding from that list. Yeah, Um, and and to be honest, you didn't even have to vote to impeach him, right? You just had to not object to the Biden winning. Yeah, I mean... I, I, part of me wants to give some of these Republicans credit, but a part of me is like, you need to do better than only willing to act on something when it's at your front door. Yeah. But whatever. He got impeached. Good. And what makes that extra interesting is that it now has to go to the Senate for trial. So minutes after the House voted to impeach Donald Trump, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell suggested that Trump's Senate trial will not start before January 19th, which is the chamber's next scheduled business day. Democrats will take control of the Senate sometime between the 20th and 22nd. So with that timetable, Mitch McConnell is essentially giving Democrats control of the trial. But why would you have a trial once Trump's no longer in office? Because the trial will well, remove him from office or not, but who cares? I think there can still be there can. some consequences for him. I don't think so. Any, but I, either way, it's it's interesting. But, he said McConnell said there's simply no chance that a fair or serious trial. And why I does he want that? Today. It was this yeah, time. It wasn't a fair and serious trial last time. Why does it need to be one yeah. this time? Yeah. But he said there's no chance for it uh, that it could end before Biden takes office. Uh, And he said it would best serve our nation if the government spends the coming week completely focused on facilitating a safe inauguration and orderly transfer of power to Biden. Right. And still, McConnell did not rule out voting to convict Trump in the event of a trial. In a note to his fellow Republican senators just before the House was begin voting, he said he was undecided. Yeah, good. Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't think I would be shocked if there's a trial. Feels like there will be a trial. Huh? It'll happen. There will be a trial. Why? What's the point? Because there has to be, legally. Once he's impeached, there legally has to be a Senate trial. He's out of office. By the time it starts, he's out of office. So the the result of the trial is kicking him out of an office that he's not in. There can be other consequences besides kicking out of office. But also, yes, you're right. It's probably a pointless procedure, but it's what the law dictates, so it has to happen. Oh, well, like a lot of feels like a waste of time. That kind of thing feels like a waste of time and money. But anyway, probably, but it's what the law dictates. 
I'm sure many senators would agree with you that doesn't change the fact that they have to do it. Anyway, moving to Canada, Justin Trudeau just recently reshuffled his cabinet after one of his cabinet ministers announced their retirement and obviously gave out new mandate letters, as what happens with uh, each cabinet shuffle, which stressed that challenges that existed before the pandemic remain and others have been exacerbated. The letters also remind ministers that nothing in this letter replaces any previous commitments or expectations. Now, it's a small, relatively small shuffle. Mark Garneau, who is a former astronaut who's done a tour in the International Space Station, has moved from transport to foreign affairs. Seems like he'd be better at transport. It made a lot of sense to have him in transport. He's an astronaut. Yeah. Still, I mean, it's a promotion, so I guess Justin Trudeau thinks he'll do a good job. Okay. Francois-Philippe Champagne has been moved from foreign affairs to innovation, science, and industry. That feels like a demotion. Yeah, maybe. Although, I don't know, does like COVID vaccines and that fall into there? It might be an important job in the next little while. Maybe, but, but like, there's like prime minister, and then the next two top ministries are foreign affairs and finance. Yeah. You know? Like, that's a demotion. Probably. But they, and then, you can't move up from there, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I mean, you could have just kept him in foreign affairs. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to move, th- shuffle things up a bit, though. <laughs> Make it look like you're doing more things. Yeah. Omar Alcabera has been moved. He has joined cabinet. He was previously the parliamentary secretary to the prime minister and deputy prime minister. And he is now minister for transport. And then Winnipeg MP Jim Carr is returning to cabinet. He stepped down as the Minister of International Trade Diversification following a diagnosis of multiple myeloma after experiencing flu-like symptoms during the 2019 federal election campaign. He is apparently feeling much better, and he is rejoining cabinet as a special representative to the prairies. (laughs) Okay. Which I'm glad he's healthy. Yeah. Weird cabinet position, but... I think it's mostly we have nothing for you right now, but we like you and want you here, so we're going to make it look like we're doing something with the West. Yeah, special representative to the prairies. I'm sure the prairies are super happy about it. Yeah, oh yeah, they they super care. We have a special representative now. Look out for (laughs) us. You know what, though? uh, It'll piss off Quebec. (laughs) True. Um, we want a special representative. Yeah, that, oh my god. Oh, no, we need a special, a representative. special representative. The cabinet shuffles in the new mandate letters task Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland with deploying, quote, whatever fiscal firepower is needed in the short term to support people and, pardon me, businesses during the pandemic. That's good. And it also calls to help build a greener, more inclusive, and more prosperous economy. All the mandate letters instruct ministers, quote, to pursue complementary partnerships and initiatives that will support our work to exceed our emission reduction targets. Uh, The new transport minister, Omar Al-Gabara's to-do list includes efforts to make zero emission vehicles cheaper and to measure and measure to invest in more charging stations. Yeah, well, you Uh, know, they shouldn't cost more. Right now they cost more, so... I mean, that's a good thing. You need to get them cheaper. 
Yeah. They cost more and they're more inconvenient, so you got to make them cheaper. Yeah, I, I hope they actually do something about it. The but he doesn't, the government doesn't get to decide what they sell for. All they can do is give you tax breaks if you buy them. Yeah. Uh, Trudeau is also telling ministers to ensure that they further the work of Indigenous reconciliation, use science and evidence to ensure those hit hardest by the pandemic get the help they need, and work with journalists to provide accurate information in the face of con- concerning spread of misinformation. Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan, who... I might add, has been in his position since 2015, so clearly he's doing a good job, at least in Trudeau's view. Yeah. His letter instructs him to step up the fight against racism, discrimination, and sexual misconduct in the military, and also states that Trudeau expects the military to reach its diversity goals, notably the goal of having women make up 25% of the armed forces by 2026, which has apparently been made slow progress. All you can do is make it available. You can't make people join. Well, you can, but we don't have conscription. <laughs> it's generally frowned upon. Yeah. And lastly, another thing I thought of interest was new Foreign Affairs Minister Mark Gynot has been directed to work in close collaboration with other ministers to further strengthen our partnership with our closest ally, the United States. But what wasn't mentioned was the tense relationship with China beyond a reference to provide timely consular advice and support to Canadians abroad. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully that uh, that doesn't go on for much longer. Yeah, and the last sort of three things of note, I think I said lastly last time, but I was wrong. This is <laughs> the last time. This is the last last time. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair was directed to work with Innovation Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne and industry to safeguard Canada's world-leading research ecosystem as well as our intellectual property-intensive businesses. Immigration Minister Marco Mendocino, so Minister Marco Mendocino, has been asked to fully support and protect workers who are vulnerable to COVID-19 and secure labor to fill workforce gaps in farming and food processing. That sounds a little like go over to countries and nab some people to bring them over here to work in our fields. Yeah. I think that could have been worded better, but you know. And then uh, Seniors Minister Deb Schultz has been directed to work with Justice Minister David Lametti to draft new criminal code penalties for elder abuse and neglect. I wonder if these Jesus. people like each other. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so. You're working with them, so. but... <laughs> I don't want to. to. She's also been told to work with Health Minister Patty Hadju to develop new national standards for long-term care in Canada. That's good. Yeah. So those are the goals of the current government. And then I have a few more in political. Ontario Premier Doug Ford, you might be familiar with him, has kicked York Centre MPP Roman Baber out of the Progressive Conservative Caucus for sending an open letter that calls for the province's lockdown and COVID-19 restrictions to end. He claimed that COVID-19 is nowhere near as deadly as we originally thought, nor as contagious, and that it infringed on individual liberties. Good for him. Yeah, and he won't, obviously won't be allowed to run as a progressive conservative ever again, although I don't think anybody in that party could honestly run as a progressive conservative these days. But, you know, it is what it is. Oh, I missed this one story I meant to mention before that one. The new uh, transport minister, Omar Al-Gabara, which I'm probably mispronouncing and I apologize, is under fire from the Bloc Québécois, and Trudeau is criticizing that fire, saying that Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet 
is pandering to the worst elements of Canadian society, society by using, quote, coded language to make intolerant statements about the minister. He was singled out in a block press release that sought to sow doubt about his association with what it called, quote, the political Islamic movement. Blanchette said Wednesday that questions arise due to the minister's former role as head of the Canadian Arab Federation. Blanchette also said he refuses to accuse the minister of anything specific. He was the Federation's president before being elected as a Toronto area Liberal MP in 2006. As proof, the bloc cited a 2016 article by a right-wing Quebec newspaper columnist that made suggestions about Al-Gabara's personal and professional history. Quote, it's really questions... It's really questions about his past and also the separation of church and state, which is a profound value for the bloc, said bloc spokesperson Julien Colomb Bonifuce. We don't want to raise any accusations because I don't think there's that much. Then why talk about it? Yeah, it seems like they're saying two things at once. Yeah, yeah. We don't want See to this right here? Anything. See this right here? We don't want to talk about this, but look at this. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. But isn't this crazy? Uh, but it, uh, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it does seem, it really does seem, though, that they're just being racist. Yeah, I mean, maybe, probably, unless like, they can, like, unless they have some sort of proof that this guy did something illegal, uh, even if he was the president yeah. of some group, who cares? Yeah, like everyone had a job before they were an MP, yeah. hopefully. It's, it's ridiculous, and they're even admit, they're almost admitting it outright when they say, are you, we have no proof to any of this, but because you were president of this minority federation, we're concerned about you, for no other reason other than that. Unless that federation is linked to people that do bad things. Yeah, which uh, there doesn't appear to be any sort of proof of. Yeah, then move on. Yeah, yeah. I would, you would think so. John Horgan, Premier of BC, NDP Premier, is looking at the possibility of an interprovincial travel ban after worrying numbers in Ontario and Quebec. He's, you know, he's making inquiries to see if it's constitutional, legal, or whatever. It's obviously in the very early stages, and we don't know if it is possible, but he's the first Premier to openly look into it. It's okay, I didn't and, want to go to uh, BC anyway. <laughs> I mean, I understand why. His province has been doing decently compared to Alberta, Quebec, Ontario. And, uh, I, you know, and, and there have been people traveling west. So I, I understand why it's a concern for him. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can do it, if then a bunch of other premiers are like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I heard Saskatchewan had the most cases per 100,000 people. It does. They are now, every, every, every province is the worst in some way. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> How are we the worst? That's that's what we're learning. What's also interesting, going back to the United States, former Republican Michigan Governor Rick Snyder was charged Wednesday with willful neglect of duty after an investigation of ruinous decisions that left the city of Flint with lead-contaminated water and a regional outbreak of Legionnaire disease. Oh, good. No governor in the state's 184-year history has ever been related, charged with crimes related to time in office. That's good. It should be. That was ridiculous. That whole thing should never have happened. Yeah, and wait till you hear this. The charges revealed in an online court record 
are misdemeanors punishable by up to a year in jail and a $1,000 fine. Ooh. Ooh. How is he ever going to recover? Seems light. <laughs> and he's gonna go to like the most white collar jail they probably told him and he was like what and then they told him the consequences and he was like oh okay <laughs> reached into his wallet here's the thousand dollars uh which resort sorry i mean prison am i going to be spending my reduced six month sentence in yeah like, bizarre it's i'm glad that there's an investigation and some sort of yeah. repercussion but my god it's basically nothing yeah yeah, it should be a mo- bigger fine would be good. But what are you going to do? That would be nice. More jail time. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Jails are jails are a problem, but maybe like uh, yeah. parole, longer parole or house arrest or something. Yeah, something, right? And a bigger fine, like paying for all those people's medical bills. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Not that he'd be able to do it, but... <laughs> just that feels just. Mm-hmm. Even if he now, reacted quickly after the fact, but they didn't, right? Like they just tried yeah, to cover no. it up and deny. Yeah, absolutely. So it's this next story is completely mind boggling. But if you remember last week, we talked about the issue of vaccinating elderly prisoners. Mm, yeah. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney has said that he supports current federal efforts to vaccinate aging inmates in correctional facilities in direct contradiction contradiction to the federal conservatives' position. He has sided with Trudeau over Aaron O'Toole. Does he know someone that's in jail? (laughs) Probably. That's right. That probably makes the most sense. He, he said, Jason Kenney said, that seems to me humane and ethical that they should, like anybody in their 70s or 80s, be able to get access to the vaccine early on, given their particular vulnerability. Which, you know, I struggle to find anything I disagree with in that sentiment. And normally I don't have to do that with anything Jason Kenney says. <laughs> yeah. Which well. is, like I said, directly contradicts what Aaron O'Toole said, who tweeted... Not one criminal should be vaccinated ahead of any vulnerable Canadian or frontline health worker. Yeah, so bizarre. Bizarre. Wild. It's really crazy. Yeah. He must not like Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> he endorsed Aaron O'Toole for the leadership. Oh. Oh. No idea. <laughs> he must he must not have known Aaron O'Toole's position. Maybe. He's like, wait, what? No, I take it back then. That's bizarre. Let's see what happens. Yeah. It's strange. And then Trudeau, for the first time, has signaled what he thinks of his own future. And he said that he plans to serve Canadians for, quote, a number of more years and that he's still got a lot to do. Is he going to go for 35 like the guy from uh, Uganda? So, yeah, we'll see. It's still vague, but it's, you know, it's, it's the first he's ever signaled about anything and suggests, you know, he doesn't plan on retiring anytime soon. Yeah. But even, like, Pierre Trudeau basically had to be forced out by his own party, you know? Yeah, that might happen here eventually. Eventually, we'll see. They'll keep him as long as he's winning, that's for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. And then lastly, Newfoundland is going into an election. 
not because they not because the current government has um, run its term. In fact, I think the last time Newfoundland had an election was 2019. But leader of the Liberal Party and former Premier Dwight Ball uh, retired uh, last year and replaced by somebody whose last name is Fury. And I really want his first name to be Nick, Nick? but it's Andrew. Oh. It's Andrew Fury. Nick Fury's less successful brother. Yeah. Maybe his middle name's Nick. <laughs> but yeah, so Dwight Ball was replaced by Andrew Fury, who is currently now serving as Premier of Newfoundland. But provincial law in Newfoundland states that if the Premier changes not in a regular election, then the province has to have an election with within, I think, 18 months. Oh yeah, that sounds like a Newfoundland law. Yeah. Andrew Fury, I keep wanting to say Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Andrew Fury is actually considered quite popular, and he is looking at picking up seats and expanding his majority. I can't remember exactly how many seats the Liberals have right now, but I know the Progressive Conservatives have 18, and sorry, 15, and they're looking at going down to 8. And the NDP have 2 or 3, and they're looking at winning 2 or 3. The NDP aren't going to lose. But what's interesting is they also have two independents that were both liberals that for various reasons were forced out of caucus that won their seats as independents in 2019 and are looking at winning their seats again as independents in this next election which is always interesting to me yeah yeah you um, don't get a lot of independents winning no and especially not twice in a row yeah because they just tend um, to be not effective in in parliament yeah exactly uh one of them I thought has a very interesting history. He started off as a progressive conservative who crossed the floor to join the Liberals. He's a very long-serving MP. He um, So he crossed the floor to join the Liberals, served with the Liberals for a long time, and then, for a reason I can't remember, was expelled from the Liberal caucus. And he now sits as an independent, but largely votes with the NDP. Huh. So he has just slowly made his way across the political spectrum. Yeah. Over to the left, which yeah. is so weird to me. Like. Yeah, not only people move the other way as you get older. Yeah, or don't move if you're in politics. Like, yeah. you very rarely move. You maybe jump once. Yeah. And then before we end political, I just got a breaking news alert I want to mention. Sources have confirmed that Biden plans to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline on his first day in office. Another one of those executive orders. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, well, yeah. Which is not something that Alberta's going to be happy about. And after such a brutal fight, how it ravaged Canadian politics from 2015 till 2019. Yeah. Finally building it, Biden's going to cancel it. I can't say I'm upset. I always wanted it canceled. Uh, They're going to get the oil from one place to another somehow. Is there a better method? Um... I don't know off the top of my head, but I would rather, I mean, we say they will. I will always fight to try to get them not to. Um, So yeah, maybe they'll move to something else and I'll have just as many objections to that. They will. It is probably the most effective way to do it. Mm, That's what it keeps saying, but pipelines are constantly spilling not they the older pipelines, not not ones plant, that have, the newer the newer pipelines are pretty safe. 
it no, takes a not. pretty good uh, shakeup before they constant leak. Constant reports of leaks from even the newest pipelines. Uh, they know. just get covered because nobody wants you to know about them. I'm not sure. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Ah, closer to fine. This could have been political, but but I decided to go here because you know Biden rolled out the members of his science team to help help confront coronavirus, and uh-huh. uh, there was not one pillow salesman in the bunch. So that really? ma- that made me happy. That's refreshing. Yeah, they were all scientists. It's weird. <laughs> and again, according to Yahoo News, I don't know why, but Yahoo News popped up a lot for me this week, but. Misinformation regarding election fraud has dropped on Twitter by 73% since Trump's account has been permanently suspended. He was almost three quarters of it. (laughs) Uh, That's incredible. Yeah, that is a shocking. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, like retweets and everything. It's not just him, but man, oh man, that's a big number. Yeah. And they found the world's oldest cave painting. It's 45,500 years old, and it is a warty pig. Ah. I don't know exactly. I don't know why they put warts on the pig, but <laughs> I don't know what the point was. I don't know what the I don't know if that was like the target. This is our goal. We got to get this pig for dinner. I don't know, but you know, that's uh, the earliest writings that they've ever found. So that's interesting. I wish it was something more exciting than a warty pig, but what are you going to do? I is there anything more exciting than a warty pig? An unwarty pig? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I just have one thing closer to fine that makes me very happy. The United Conservative Party in Alberta, the governing party, the party of Jason Kenney, is in a spot of trouble. If you believe uh, recent polls and 338 Canada projections. For the first time since they were elected in 2018... The UCP are projected to lose a provincial election if it were held today. 338 Canada projects that if a provincial election were held today, the NDP would win 47 seats, three seats over the majority threshold. And the UCP would win 39. Like I said, it's the first time the NDP have been ahead. It makes me very happy. Jason Kenney consistently ports now as one of the most unpopular premiers, and it is largely due to his handling of COVID nineteen. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he said prisoners should get the shots. He's trying to up his COVID uh, likability <laughs> quotient or something. Maybe. Either way, it's nice to see, but I'm a little worried that it's too early because there's still two more years of this conservative government. Yeah, lots can happen. There's lots that can happen, and, you know, if COVID gets solved this next year, they could spend the last year leading up to an election rebuilding their popularity. It, like, because it's hard for me to imagine that there's much more support that the NDP could gather in Alberta. Yeah. Like, I'm worried this might be their peak, maybe a smidge more, but still, it's... Might be a bit too early, a bit much too early like everybody just hating on Kenny right now but who knows what happens in the next couple of years yeah exactly it's it's 
yeah, they might have peaked too early. And and the problem, the real problem is for the UCP. You know, people are obviously disapproving of them, but also the uh, Wexit party or whatever they're calling themselves these days. Yeah, right. Is, uh, currently the third highest polling um, party. Yeah, it essentially in, splits the right that they just joined. Yeah, yeah. The, the Wexit party is the problem. They average about... I believe it's called the, actually I think it's called the Alberta Independence Party, right. um, and they average about eight point two percent in the polls. Which, if you add that to the uh, UCP's thirty nine point seven, would overtake the NDP's forty four point two. Yeah. So you know if if the Independence Party falls out of favor or even just starts to lose a little bit of support to the UCP, or they um, join, or they join the UCP, well, that would be a major shift. The UCP would have to support independence, which then might, in itself, might make it. Yeah, but they'll still they need the votes, right? Mostly they're worried about getting elected, not uh, ideology. Maybe, but recent polls suggest 77% of Albertans have no interest in independence. Oh, but they don't, need to, they don't need that percentage. They just need the 8% that we're going to vote for. They what just I'm need that party they, to go away. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if they, if they endorsed independence in any way, they might lose some of the 39 they already have. Maybe. But if they just say, yeah, we'll think about it, let's become one party so that you can get a voice, and then just... Once they're merged, just forget about it. Maybe. The Independence Party doesn't like Jason Kenney. No? No. Anyway, Either we'll way. see. We'll see what that happens. Just, that's something that made me happy. Yeah, see what happens. And now, the end is near. Okay, parting thoughts. You want to you wanna lead off with yeah, this one? I will, because yours are a more gentle end. I have uh, a story here that... Is only imparting thoughts because I couldn't think of another place to put it. But it is like a real story, unlike the things we normally put. But uh, Meng Wanzhou has launched a bid to loosen her bail restrictions on Monday in a BC Supreme Court hearing that provided a glimpse into the Huawei executive's privileged pandemic lifestyle under 24 hour surveillance as she awaits extradition proceedings. The 48-year-old, who has survived thyroid cancer and has hypertension, claims that the changing roster of security guards who accompany her everywhere during daylight hours is placing her at a heightened risk of catching COVID-19. So she wants less security. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Isn't she, isn't she pretty much just sort of confined to her room? Yeah, well, uh, I, think, I think maybe she's allowed to leave with her under bail she just has to be followed but if you're really worried about it if i were the judge i'd be like okay well then just stay in your room and the security guards will be at the entrances and exits entrances and exits and then you don't have to worry about getting it from them you know just stay inside like everybody else yeah and you can you can the security guards can also make sure they're keeping you know two meters distance and whatnot yeah i i don't think she should get loose in security well, I think they probably understand that she may be a flight risk. So, well, it'll be a little yeah. difficult for her to get out of the country, I guess. I don't know. That is true. All right. Well, I got I got two things. First, uh, Betty White celebrated her 99th birthday this past week and celebrated apparently by eating a hot dog and feeding her favorite ducks. 
I uh, I don't know I don't know what makes them her favorite ducks. But has there been any like what a resurgence in their career in uh, so late in life? Hey, like just incredible. Yeah, an incredible career and uh, very long long lived as well. Ninety nine years. So uh, next year she's a hundred, and I'm sure she'll probably still be doing movies. So good for her. Yeah, probably. And Macaulay Conk- Macaulay Conklin Conklin Culkin 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 has joined the. Join the group of, of uh, people, I don't know how big a group, that have said they should take the Trump scene out of Home Alone 2. I just, I just have trouble caring. Yeah. He was always a jerk. Why'd you put him in in the first place if you didn't want a jerk in your movie? It just he became president now and he's worse. Maybe he's worse. I don't know if he's way worse. He's definitely got a bigger audience. But does it really matter? Does it really matter? Who cares? I just don't think this is an issue that that anybody really needs to make a big deal out of. Maybe we can come back to it after we solve a few more issues, like yeah. bigger ones, yeah. you know? Exactly. Like, we'll put it on the list, but it's low on the list. And why? I mean, what? why would you take him out? Like, what's the point? Why? Just because he's a... He was probably... I think he was a jerk then. You oh, yeah, he's always been a jerk. Huh? Uh, he's always been a jerk. Yeah. You elected. Like, yeah. Mo- 75 million people is probably their favorite part of their movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Got, nice. uh, we'll, uh, I might, my trip got extended, so I might be here again next weekend, so we'll have to see how this sounds. We might have to do it the same way, or I might have to get some sort of cable to see if I can get this connected a little bit better, but we'll see. And, uh, we'll, We'll talk at you again next week, and thanks for listening. Yeah, with some inauguration details and hopefully no assassination details. Yes. And in the end...